Is the new normal ruining your social life? Even though you see a flood of work emails and the occasional faces on your Zoom meetings, are you longing for the days of awkward water cooler conversations? Making friends is hard, but remote friendships are even harder. Today, we're going to flip our moods on remote workplace relationships and create an online water cooler experience. Later in this episode, we'll hear from Whitney Monroe. My name is Tiffany Roberts from the Leadership Institute, and you're listening to the Lead Your Future podcast. On the horizon, do you see it? That's the digital future coming towards us. Whether you fear it or embrace it, there's no escaping it. But LI can help you prepare to take hold of it and make it your own. Whether it's creation, analytics, communication, or strategy, the Leadership Institute can equip you for the road ahead. Go to leadershipinstitute.org forward slash training and click digital. Again, that's leadershipinstitute.org forward slash training and click digital. The only difference between being left behind and leading the way is being ready. Hey guys, welcome to the Lead Your Future podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes and this podcast, please click the subscribe button and feel free to leave a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Leadership Institute and on Twitter at Leadership INST. Do you have a topic that you're just dying to hear me talk about? Feel free to shoot me an email at troberts at leadershipinstitute.org and I'd be happy to make that happen. Now on to today's episode. The Water Cooler Deep Dive. Water cooler talks were some of the best ways of acquainting yourself with your coworkers. The spontaneity of this meet and greet allowed you to informally introduce yourselves, take note of intonation and body language, and quickly learn about an interesting fact, skill, or hobby that you can bring up the next time you shoot the breeze. This is the basis for most work friendships, and they're extremely important for employees. Research has even shown that employee performance, engagement, and overall happiness increases when workers have friends at their jobs. However, because of this pandemic and the move towards remote work, we've seen the negative impacts this this situation has had on our work relationship. And it's even worse for those who get a job during the pandemic. Not only did you miss the opportunity to meet most of your staff in person, but any sponsored shared experiences like company outings will never be realized, at least not anytime soon. Despite all the melancholy talk, there is a way to improve work relations and form friendships while stuck behind your computer screen. So flip your mood with our acronym MOOD, Management, Opportunity, Online Water Cooler, and Diligence. First up, we have Management. Management isn't entirely in your control, unless you're a manager or an administrator. If you want a proactive and engaging team of workers, you can provide opportunities for your subordinates to meet each other and have open dialogue. Whenever you have a Zoom meeting, let people log on 10 minutes before it to allow them to catch up and have long-awaited conversations with each other. It helps break the ice for the meetings and gives newbies a welcoming atmosphere and the chance at new friendships. If some people need to be in office, have them hold office hours. Office time in a semi-formal setting with employees can be very effective for relationship building. You can even do something as simple as ask a daily personal question on Microsoft Teams, Slack, or other employee communication app. Even a corkboard in your socially distanced break room will do. This would promote engagement and allow employees to learn more about each other. Something my office does is host a 45-minute lunch club every Monday and Thursday over Zoom, allowing us to meet new hires and catch up with old colleagues. As a manager, setting the stage is all you need to help develop a healthy work environment. And if you're an employee with terrible workplace engagement, recommend this to your upline. 
Not only would it be a boom for the entire office, but it would also push you into the spotlight during review time. Next up in our academic mood, we have opportunity. Managers can only do so much, and depending on your manager, they might not be too receptive to ideas coming from lower rungs on the on the ladder. So ultimately, it's up to you to make new friends when working virtually. Taking initiative and every opportunity will help you get noticed by your peers. A great way to get started is to be a reliable and respectable teammate. When working on a project together or receiving work from your manager, supervisor, or coworker, getting the tasks done earlier than scheduled and doing well is a noticeable and admirable feat. When a teammate asks, "Who responds in an unexpected time frame? Who is diligent in their work? Who can I trust to get the job done timely and efficiently?" You should be able to answer to all three. This establishes a work-related rhythm. With the work assessment covered, next comes the friendship assessment. Your work-related rhythm should have laid the groundwork already, but work ethic alone won't sustain a friendship. Questions like, "Are we compatible? Do we both have free time to get to know one another? Does being friends hurt my work or social life in any way?" These are the questions that come to mind. If your coworkers feel positively about you in a social aspect, they'll take the risk of initiating a friendship. But with our ever-increasing antisocial world, you should consider taking the risk yourself. Add them on social media, regale them with your recent stories, and always do your best to try and reach out when someone is sick, getting married, having kids, leaving the job for new prospects, or getting promoted. Something that's worked a lot with me is when a new hire comes in, I've been teamed up with them as their new work buddy. This is something if you aren't assigned already, just do it on your own. If you find out that there's a new coworker, somebody new is just hired and they are getting hired in this remote situation, reach out to them, offer their help, tell them you'll meet with them on Zoom for about 20 minutes and talk to them and that you're going to be there for them when they have questions wherever you can help. This is something that will not only help the new coworker feel welcomed and feel comfortable in their new position. It's something that people notice and will definitely help you later on down the road when it comes to getting a raise or a promotion. Next up in our acronym, we have online water cooler. While we may not have physical non-socially distanced water coolers anymore, that doesn't mean there isn't plenty of opportunity to create virtual ones. While we reflected that managers can provide options for employees to catch up and mingle, employees themselves should be able to implement these same strategies, especially if management isn't too keen on the idea. Asking a coworker or several of them to coffee or lunch over Zoom is a great way to get that old brick room feel without physically being there. Sure, it might be weird and uncomfortable at first, but just don't make it weird. We all understand how awkward this is. Let's just mutually ignore it. Notably, our interns are all remote, aside from one, and they all hold their own weekly meetings unsupervised just to catch up and learn more about one another. The options are there; it just takes some initiative and maybe some initial awkward silences. But some ways to break that up: just find some games to play. There are plenty of online games you can share a link, and you can both play at the same time. Last but not least, in our acronym mood, we have diligence. When you first add someone new, say on Facebook, what is the first thing you do? If you're like me, I check out some pictures, I read their bio, I look at some recent posts. Sounds stalkerish? Well, given that I added them for a reason, I now want to see how much further we click. Just like the job interview, you don't want to be left with nothing to ask or talk about. And while you'd normally be looking at company partners or the business's history, With online friends, you'd be looking at if they have pets, what shows or movies interest them. Even something as simple as a birthday can be the spark to a wide array of conversations. And while Zoom coffee and Zoom interviews are by no means the same, B 
being diligent and finding conversational topics with new friends shouldn't be overlooked. In fact, it might make up for their lack of diligence. And no one wants a Zoom lunch date that is filled with long, silent pauses. Just don't bring up the fact that you stalk them. Casually slide those topics into conversation. Now that we've got you thinking about how to flip your mood on work friendships, after this short break, we'll hear from Whitney Monroe, Vice President of Strategy at the Center for Truth and Science. My name is Tiffany Roberts from the Leadership Institute, and you're listening to the Lead Your Future podcast. Do you want to fight liberal bias on your campus? Have you or your friends witnessed it at school? If so, Campus Reform wants to hear from you. Campus Reform is dedicated to fighting liberal bias on college campuses. You can help Campus Reform in their mission by sending incidents of liberal bias their way. To do this, all you have to do is go to campusreform.org tip. Welcome back, everybody. I'm now here with Whitney Monroe. She is the VP of Strategy at the Center for Truth and Science. Whitney, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Perfect. So could you kind of just give me an idea of what you do at the Center for Truth and Science? Yeah, absolutely. So my role here is to make sure the organization is focused on its mission and vision, um, that we have set clear goals for short-term and long-term success for the center, that all of our partners and team members are aligned with those goals, that processes are moving okay, that we're building a brand and we're achieving the goals our donors have set for us. So just really keeping everyone on the right track. So uh, you mentioned me that you actually currently work in uh, Dallas, Texas. What kind of remote capacity have you taken um, throughout your career and, and maybe how has it affected it? Yeah, so I started working remotely almost five years ago for a different organization. And I was nervous because I'm very much a social butterfly. I love the office environment. I love bouncing things off my coworkers. Um, And going to the remote environment, I was like, what is this going to be like? Am I still going to build relationships? But using video conferencing, picking up the phone, chatting with people on Slack, um, all of those things are really helpful when you're trying to build relationships in a remote environment. And then in a non-pandemic situation, uh, building in opportunities to meet in person on a regular basis is also really helpful. And so as we've structured our teams, we've tried to make sure that all of that is part of the expectation when you come on board. So despite the fact that we're remote, we're going to intentionally communicate, intentionally engage on a daily basis. And when we can again, get together in person. That's good. I feel like uh, some companies can struggle with the idea of going from completely in office to completely remote and kind of understanding that the management has to kind of understand that they have to make an effort um, so their employees are comfortable and still doing good work. Do you think um, people's work can kind of suffer with workplace isolation, working remote? Absolutely. When you decide to take on remote, whether it's forced because of a pandemic or it's a choice because you decide you want to hire people that are experts across the country, from the top down, you have to model intentional communication and you have to constantly be aware if any of your employees are feeling isolated. It is so easy to feel like you're just kind of in a bubble at home if people aren't regularly checking in on you and if you're not checking in on others. Um, You know, whether it's, hey, is this project still on the right track or is this the kind of thing you are looking for. Um, it is very, very intentional from the manager's perspective. And if you're not developing opportunities for your employees to tell you how they're feeling, um, I think a lot of people start to suffer. Is there something uh, employees, would you recommend employees can do if management is not really taking that opportunity? Um, if they do feel isolated, what's something employees can do to change that? 
Yeah, so I think it's easy to become isolated if you're not on a team. But if you're on a team, the first thing you should do is reach out to other team members and say, hey, are you feeling the same way? How are we all feeling? If it's just you and everyone else is like, no, I feel great. Ask them what they're doing and what's happening in their role that's keeping them from being isolated. If it tends to look like a trend, then together go to your manager and say, hey, everyone's busy. We're all, you know, we're all productive, but we're starting to feel isolated. We're starting to feel like we're not as plugged in and engaged to the overall mission or the strategy. Let's come up with ways to fix that. I think the easiest thing you can do is we all get caught up in like, did we have a meeting? Did we finally get off video? Oh my gosh, conference calls are awful. But what you miss in a remote environment is that water cooler time where even if you're not talking about work, but you're talking to your coworkers, it helps. So one of the things that I've done is every Wednesday afternoon, my team, my old team, and then my new team, we get together and we talk about life, like for 30 minutes on a video call. It's not anything about work, but did you get a new dog? How are your kids doing? Um, are you taking any classes? How are you handling the pandemic? Or what struggles are you having? And we talk about fun stuff. It might even just be football, like what happened in football this week or whatever else. That type of camaraderie, even if you're doing it for 30 minutes a week, can really help. And then people feel more comfortable talking to each other about work challenges and other things that come up because they're seeing someone's face in a more natural way on a consistent basis. Now, I'm curious if you have, and you might not, but I'm curious if you have any ideas for people who say, I am in Zoom meetings all day, every day, and I am just sick of them. How do you get around that? And how do you create relationships if you don't really want to do that video um, type of calls? So I think a standard needs to be set. I feel like everyone went through Zoom fatigue after the first few weeks of remote work here in 2020. And we're like, oh my gosh, it was cool at first, but now I'm done with it. Especially those 8 a.m. Zoom calls where you're like, no, I'm not prepared. (laughs) Um, But I think a a really candid conversation with whatever your team looks like, whether you're going to your manager or maybe it's going to HR if you're in a big organization and saying, hey, I think we need to set some standards for what's a conference call and what's a Zoom meeting um, and make them less frequent. So the really high priority ones should be on Zoom. Maybe it's brainstorming sessions are on Zoom, but set some standards so that not everyone is on a Zoom call all day long. Also, it's okay to turn off your video. I feel like we're all afraid to say, you know what, I'm not going to be on video for this one. I would be up front and I do it all the time. I'll text people before the call or I'll message them and say, hey, I'm going to be on, but I'm not going to be on video. Don't be offended. I just can't be on video for this one. And people are pretty receptive to that. But I think the number one key to successful remote work is candor and being honest with people about expectations and what you can and cannot do. And if you're clear with people, they don't think you're slacking off if you turn off your video. They're like, oh, they're normally invested, but today they needed to turn off the video or today they needed to just dial in and be on a phone call. Um, Offering that type of honesty and flexibility is really important. No, I agree. That's great advice because I think um, I think since going totally remote for the first time ever, I noticed that a lot of um, departments, it's easy for them to say, hey, we're going to have three meetings a week. And at the end of the week, you're like, how how much was that? How much of those meetings were actually worth it? Are right. we actually sitting here and wasting our time? That's something it seems very easy to get into the um, to get used to. Yes. Yeah. I use the word intentional a lot. And I think I've grown over the last few years in the ability to work remotely, but also manage remotely. I think it's also asking people um, say, hey, I want to do a video call for this. What's better for everyone? Mornings, afternoons. Should we do it for 30 minutes? Should we do it for an hour? Um, just having those type of dialogues really makes people feel better, too, about a long Zoom call or multiple Zoom calls. Well, they asked. I gave my input. This is what we all agreed upon instead of like a top down we're going to have three Zoom calls a week, whether you like it or not. Um, also, being 
open to, we actually happened twice this week where I sent a note and I was like, hey, I don't think we have anything pressing to talk about. Do you care if we cancel today's meeting? It's okay to cancel a meeting. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're not working. It means you're doing something other than being in the meeting. I think really people just tend to be nervous to do those things and it's okay to take ownership. And even if you aren't the manager, if you're like, I'm looking at the agenda, I'm really busy today, other people might feel the same way to send that note around or send a Slack that's like, you know, we have a three o'clock video call, it's scheduled for an hour, looks like we could do it in 15, everybody okay with that? Or it looks like we could do it on a phone call. Are we all good with that? Um, it helps. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. That's very proactive management. Um, have you had any experience or any advice for someone who might be new to a management role? They are remote, but maybe I mean, this might be pre-COVID kind of ideas, but maybe their employees are actually in office. How do you how do you take on that kind of role where you probably won't meet your employees ever and you have to be their boss? How do you take how, how do you do that? So that's really important. Um, you know, in a pre-COVID environment, I would say actually go see your employees in person. And as you're building out your budget, build in costs for you to go at least quarterly and see everyone face to face and have a face conversation individually and as a team. Um, because so much is lost in translation with technology, even if you're on video. And so being able to be in the same room with someone helps you understand body language and tone and all of those things. So I first recommend don't put yourself in the position to never meet your teammates or never meet the people that you manage. Um, if they're all together, they're going to have a team dynamic that's different than what you have with them. So if they're all in the office and you're remote, learn about very quickly what that team dynamic is. What does their workday look like? How do they function together? Who kind of is the de facto leader or the person who keeps the trains running in the office? Try to assimilate into the structure that exists and slowly make it yours over time. Um, and then I just recommend with every member of your team, every other week, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. How are they doing? How are they feeling about your leadership? Is there anything that you're missing by not being in the office? And then have those team calls too, but build relationships with each individual team member so you start to get to know them as people. Um, and then they're gonna start coming to you even though you're not in the office. I would also say it's really easy if you are not in the room for people to forget to call you, even if you're the manager, they have a conversation, it might be about something critical. So set the expectation that if something major is going on, you want them to pick up the phone and call you and, and loop you in or just tell you what's going on so that they don't forget that if they're not used to doing that with someone who's remote. So what about um, what about when you create work, when you do create those work relationships and friendships in the office? Um, what's kind of that line from uh, moving from a strictly a work relationship and to more of a friendship? And how do you balance that? Um, should there be a separation there as well? There has to be, right? Like you can build friendships with the people that you work with or that you manage. I think it's really different than peer to peer to peer. You can be friends and be coworkers, but manager to um, people who work for someone, it's really important that yes, you, you get close, you can be friends, you can go do stuff outside of work, you can hang out when you get a chance to if you've been working remote, but honesty is the best policy. And so a manager has to make sure that they've never put themselves in the position to not be able to be honest with someone about work because they've developed a relationship with them. And that's why I think regular intentional conversations that are work-based only with managers and employees are really important. Today's agenda isn't about what we did last weekend and how fun it was. It's about the list of things we have to do to discuss for work. Um, and then when you're in those settings where you're hanging out outside of work, don't talk about work. Don't talk about what's happening in the office. Don't talk about anyone from work. Leave that to personal stuff so that you have built that dividing line and there's no gray area between 
out of work and in work conversations, priorities or relationships. Yeah, that's true. Especially I know it can be hard sometimes um, for um, interns coming in and they become friends with more of the full time people. That kind of separation can get very hazy. Um, And it's even the idea of like, should you even be friends with them because you are an intern? It's very different as well. Absolutely. I think interns are the most important people you model this behavior for so that when they move on to another role, because the likelihood is not all of your interns are going to come work for you after their internship is over. And so you want to set them up for success in their future work environment. And so modeling appropriate supervisor to intern or employee relationships is key and giving them that advice. Like, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to be social. We're going to have fun. But I'm still the supervisor here. And when we get back into the office, it's not going to be like it was last night at happy hour. And just making sure that they understand those things so that when they go to a new job, they don't make a mistake and assume that every workplace is going to have those types of relationships and situations. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. Um, Just want to get your last piece of advice. Um, Do you have any resources people can use for working in these remote atmospheres or any quick ideas of how to create those work relationships? Yeah, so the capacities that you have really are dependent on the technology that you use remotely. And so I recommend getting together if you don't already have something that you use like Basecamp or Trello or Slack and have a place that everyone communicates clearly, consistently and transparently. Um, People can reach out to me directly. I talk to so many people about the right platforms for them or their workplace. And also the team at LI is amazing. There are trainings at LI that will walk you through the best ways to work remotely, platforms and technologies to use, communication strategies. So I would also say go to LI and ask the LI experts for um, their advice and for resources on this as well, because there's many, many of them. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Whitney. Um, It was a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lead Your Future podcast. If you like this episode, please subscribe, share, or leave a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Leadership Institute's mission to increase the number and effectiveness of conservative activists and leaders in the public policy process. That's why I bring you on-camera TV trainings, public speaking workshops, debate workshops, speech writing workshops, and so many more. If you're interested in taking one of these trainings, feel free to check out our website at leadershipinstitute.org forward slash training. The Lead Your Future podcast is produced and edited by Tiffany Roberts with support from Jared Cummings. Advertisements by Alexander Chang and Christopher Olson. Executive produced by David Fenner and Morton Blackwell. If you want to learn more about the Leadership Institute and see behind-the-scenes photos, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to Leadership Institute on YouTube.